Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. As we keep our team previews rolling, it is Denver Nuggets time. And if we're going to talk Denver Nuggets, there's only one guy we can have on the show. The guy who's done this every time we've talked to Denver Nuggets. Our guy from DenverStiffs.com, Ryan Blackburn. Buddy, it has been a year since you have been a guest on our show. It has been too long. How are you? Tim, that put a smile on my face, man. I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing... Doing awesome. The the off season's kind of dragging on a little bit, but we're doing our best to, to make things work in the dead time. Yeah, tell me about it. that's the life of the NBA off season guy, right? Abs- no, hundred percent. It's uh, it's just dragging <laughs> yeah. on. The, the, the doldrums of August are are really starting to creep in. Oh my gosh, I know it's crazy, especially because we've been doing. See, this week alone, last night, Kyle and Ben, who are our other team did the Suns, we did the Wolves, we're doing this one, the Lakers one went up, and we've got, the rest of the week we've got the Grizzlies, uh, the Heat, the Celtics, and the Pelicans, so yeah, we're, um, you're like right smack dab in the middle, well I still have a little energy, so I appreciate it Ryan, I do. Thanks for for having me uh, right smack dab in the middle so we can just grind this one out and uh, hopefully make this interesting for the viewers. Oh, it's going to be fun for sure. So before we get into the talk of the Denver Nuggets, who, mind you, have had a very fun offseason, 48MinutesNetwork.com, like we said, the place where you can check out all of our articles, all of our podcasts. Uh, you can also check us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and, of course, Spotify. So if you're a Spotifyer, you got all of our stuff now. Um, so, Ryan, I got that in there. I got the housekeeping out of the way. So let's jump right into it. We have... Um, the Denver Nuggets coming off a year where they literally missed the playoff by a game. Denver and Minnesota have a one-game playoff basically at the end of the year. They go in baseball style to get the AC to play Houston. Um, obviously, vast improvement for the team. Jokic continues to get better. And really, Denver did not miss a beat this offseason. You talk about not just getting Isaiah Thomas for $2 million, um, but re-signing Jokic, making sure he's on the team full for a long time now. Uh, we talk about, you know, sorry, uh, we talk about like, getting you know, getting rid of Daryl Arthur, which was really big for them to kind of clear some space out a little bit to make the moves they needed to make. And then the draft, you get Michael Porter Jr., who drops to you. In the second round, you get a really good player in Jared Vanderbilt, who, if healthy, is probably not a second rounder. Um, you know, Will Barton's back. You get, obviously, Torrey Craig signs back. And then, of course, um, IT, one year, two million. So... When you put everything in context, man, how much do you think this team improved? Because there's no doubt they improved. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing about this offseason for Denver was that they got the big things right. Uh, given that they declined Jokic's team option, signed him to a max extension or, or pretty close to it, that was a big deal. They got him for a full five years. That was that was awesome. And, and automatically with him, with Jamal Murray, with Gary Harris, so many young guys that contributed to the group last year, you're talking about a team that's going to just develop internally. 
and improve from within just by having some continuity, just by guys aging and getting better kind of within their natural timeline. So that was that was a big piece of it. Uh, but the other thing was that they really needed to solidify two positions this year. Uh, they decided to fill the small forward position with Will Barton, who, when he played this past year with the starting unit, was actually really, really good. He put up a 64% true shooting percentage when when paired with the, the young th- core three of Jokic, Harris, and Murray. And the other guy was they signed Isaiah Thomas. And, and wh- whatever you want to say about Isaiah's year this past year, in all of his other seasons, he's been a, a viable scorer, uh, very solid off the bench or in the starting lineup in terms of Boston Celtic, his Boston Celtics time. So really interesting to see how that comes out. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this group. It's going to be an, an amazing offense to watch. Yeah, I, I think you're you're hit the nail on the head. Everything that they did was a good move this offseason. I think that says a lot. That's a true test to Denver's front office. Uh, it's a true test to getting the guys that they want to get. You know, obviously uh, Malone being a huge part of that as well. So talking about obviously the big part of this, there's no Denver Nuggets success probably without Nikola Jokic and the fast improvement he continues to make. Has very similar numbers to a lot of uh, young centers people always look to to be it's kind of the, the epitome of what a young center should be. And Jokic is up there with those guys, if not better, in such in circumstances. What do you think this year, man? Is this kind of the year he takes another step? Is this the year we see Jokic finally in the All-Star game? I know he doesn't have the popular vote like a guy like a Carl Towns, like a Joel Embiid. But he is, you know, like we said, stats-wise, he's up there with both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think we saw at the end of last year specifically he just he put up some amazing numbers and and to close out the season post all-star break last year he put up basically 22 points 11 rebounds and 6.5 assists per game at the center position with a uh, the 63% true shooting percentage which is just kind of absurd production for a center uh i think that his all-star status will probably pertain to how well the team is performing uh simply because you you have so many awesome candidates in, in the Western Conference this year. Like you just added LeBron James and, and DeMar DeRozan to the Western Conference in terms of play in terms of guys who are going to compete for all star spots and guys who may be competing with Jokic himself. So we'll see whether he gets the recognition. I think the people are are starting to catch on though, especially towards the end of last year. He he turned a lot of heads with his scoring and as the Nuggets continue to get better, and if they find themselves in the playoff picture, then I think he'll be a beneficiary of that. I think so, too. I think that you know the talent level's there. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The ability to do everything he does. I think he's the best passing big man, big man in the NBA. I don't think there's really much debate. Boogie may be close when healthy, but I still would probably give the edge to Jokic. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, in talking about the rest of the group there, uh, you mentioned Jamal Murray. Going into year three now, we saw him really kind of take over that starting point guard spot this year and really show it was his. And, I mean, really saw him play really well in stretches. Um, you know, definitely, you know, we were seeing that NBA stroke that we saw at Kentucky um, and really just kind of, not necessarily saying it's his team per se, but really kind of being a guy that's really kind of like the guy that the players are responding to. Um, maybe need to see him get a little better on the defensive side of the ball. But, sure. you know, that's a, that's... A lot of young point guards, yeah. So what you know, what do you, what do you expect from Jamal Murray going into this this season, especially having Isaiah Thomas to kind of be there not only as a backup but as a mentor? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the 
probably the biggest storyline for the Nuggets this year is is how far Jamal Murray can rise from year two to year three. He put up a lot of great numbers last year, and and one of the more efficient and more productive scoring seasons from a young 20-year-old point guard. Uh, We'll see what happens and whether he can continue to build off of that. My guess is that he continues to improve just because uh, last offseason, not this one, he he had a double hernia surgery, uh, and he was forced to recover and basically was bedridden for much of the offseason, and this offseason, we've already seen him putting in work in uh, Chris Paul's camp uh, with a, a lot of solid point guards around the NBA who are going to continue to be mentors, just like Isaiah Thomas, who I think not only will he, as you say, provide some great bench presence, but both of those guys should be able to play off of each other in certain lineups. And when you talk about the the dribble drive game of Isaiah Thomas and then passing it off to Jamal Murray, that seems like a lot of firepower. And it's going to be really interesting to see, especially around Jokic, uh, how those guys perform. I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, high-scoring seasons in Denver this year. I Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, David Aldridge, actually, he did his top 30 NBA offseason. He, he ranked the 30 teams in their NBA offseasons and who had the best ones. Uh, one was OKC, two was the Lakers. I wonder why. <laughs> and then three was the... Three was the Nuggets, so he actually said that the Nuggets had the third best offseason with the free agency acquisitions, with who they got rid of for what they got out of it, and um, their dra- and the draft. So I thought that that was really interesting, and I don't really disagree with them either. Yeah, no, I think I think there are a lot of things to be excited about, not just from the internal improvement and from the Isaiah Thomas signing, but from the draft. You you have guys like Michael Porter Jr. who fell kind of surprisingly to the Nuggets and depending on how healthy he is then maybe they turn around and and he becomes a great piece uh Jared Vanderbilt was the same way in the second round he uh he's kind of that prototype player that fits next to Jokic as somebody who projects to be a ball handler on offense but can also just be a rebounder can just be kind of a facilitator and uh and just play off of a guy like that he's also going to be a great defender in my opinion so we'll see what those guys can contribute as well. But my guess is that uh, after the starting unit in Isaiah Thomas, there are going to be a lot of interesting pieces, including potentially Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt. And as those guys were additions, that's a big credit to what Tim Connolly has done so far. You, you mentioned Michael Porter Jr., obviously the talk of the draft being in the green room. I can be honest, as a Bulls fan, I did not want the Bulls to take him. Um, I was not necessarily because I think he's a bad player, not because I don't think he would be good in the locker room or anything like that. I just, you know, the back problem as a rookie for a rookie really concerns me. Yeah, I'm happy they got Wendell Carter, but that's not what we're here for. So, what you know, Michael Porter, what do you expect? Do you know, I heard he had another operation. Um, is this something where you, do you expect him to be a part of the team this year? Do you expect him to kind of have a red shirt year? Uh, I think there are kind of two schools of thought. I think. On, on one hand, and you talk about the decision-making and how maybe not wanting to draft him at seven, I think that I, part of me going into the draft didn't want the Nuggets to have to make that choice because it's it's a really tough choice to make to to take a, a big chance on a guy like Michael Porter Jr. with his back. And and to, to be okay with not having that guy play for a full season or, or maybe having back issues for the rest of his career... That's that's a big deal, especially even if it's even though it's a late lottery pick. Like, 
it's 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 a scary thought. So I think on one hand, you can talk about a guy like him just completely sitting out the year, getting his back right, getting his body healthy, and his his mind right to be able to compete in the NBA. Maybe he takes sort of a Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid route, where he spends a lot of time around the team, becomes becomes comfortable with his future role, and then begins to excel at that immediately. Or he comes back a little bit earlier and either, A, struggles and, and is kind of a normal rookie and maybe shows some flashes, or, or B, uh, injures himself again, which would be awful, or C, maybe he provides some, some big spark. I, I'm... I'm not really sure what to expect. I think what the Nuggets are expecting is for him to sit out until at least January or February. And I think that's fair. I think the Nuggets right now, if I had to say, would be a playoff team. And getting him back at that time where you can kind of mark out Fultz him. Sure. And then kind of give, yeah, you know, and then maybe, unlike Fultz, maybe he ends up in the rotation. And I think that that could be a really good thing for them as well. So... Let's talk a little bit about, I think every time you come on here, uh, we end up having some like really funny, crazy nuggets. Went after this guy story. Uh, well, this year, the, you know, a couple years ago, it was the Dwayne Wade thing almost happens, but he misses his flight, signs with the Bulls. Uh, the trade deadline that year, they almost trade for Paul George, something falls through. Um, Jimmy Butler's on the market, the Nuggets are in talks, nothing happens. This year, the Nuggets tried to, tried to make, get a meeting with LeBron James. So... Here's what I will say about it. Obviously, I think we kind of knew where he was going, but you mentioned Tim Connolly and, and company, uh, Dustin O'Halloran and company. Those dudes are going for it. Those dudes want to bring a title to Denver, and they want to win. So when you heard that they were trying to get a meeting with LeBron, were you kind of like, this is what they do now? Or did you kind of think, maybe they have a convincing case for them? Oh, I think they have a convincing case. If, if it's completely basketball-wise, then I, I think it's hard to say that that Denver is a worse destination than Los Angeles in terms of LeBron James's future title contention. Uh, a lot of this was yeah. a life decision, and and LeBron putting him and his family in the best chance to succeed, not just today, but later in life. Uh, Denver didn't necessarily offer that for him, uh, but I, I think it would be really hard to argue that, that the quartet of, or the quintet of Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, LeBron James... Paul Millsap and Nikola Jokic wasn't like at least a top three lineup in the NBA, right? Oh, for sure. That's that's probably that's probably your best bet in the West at being the Warriors. I I think that there's definitely an argument for that, and I, I can tell you that they did go after him. Like that that wasn't just uh, that wasn't just talk from from the national media. They did they did tr- do everything that they could to get to his agent to get to his decision makers and to get to him personally and just just want to sit down and have a conversation with him. I think at that point LeBron's mind was already made up and he really wasn't entertaining other offers, but it it stands to reason that that like you said, this is this is kind of the the new thing that Tim Connolly does. He uh he and the and the staff with the Nuggets are going to go after these big free agents, try to sell them on winning a a, a slow building title in Denver just because they haven't made the playoffs yet, but they've gotten super close the past two years and they just need somebody to push them over the top. So that's somebody, it's also interesting. Um, Denver Broncos wide receiver Demarius Thomas 
put a video out. I'm sure. I don't know if you've seen this or oh, not. Yeah. I'm sure you have. A few a few weeks back, where he said he was working out with one of my guys, former Chicago Bull Jimmy Butler, and he put in there trying to make us both Denver athletes. So, what does that situation look like? Is there a possibility with the money that Jimmy Butler could be a Denver Nugget next year? Yeah, there's there's certainly a possibility, and like go looking at the cap situation this year, it wouldn't have looked like Denver was in any position to get LeBron. But they would have if if LeBron said that he wanted to be in Denver, they would have found a way to make the money work, even if that means giving up the next three or four first rounders. Like it just you you do things to get to get LeBron James to Denver, and I think you can say pretty much the same thing with Jimmy Butler, probably a little bit less so. But given what the money situation looks like next year, his fit in Denver actually makes a lot of sense as somebody who can not only handle the basketball in prime situations, but also contribute to a, a defense that, that sorely needs a wing stopper. Uh, he makes a lot of sense as kind of a, a second star to Jokic, and even if things fall apart with Minnesota this year, it wouldn't surprise me if Denver kicked the tires on a Jimmy Butler rental with the hopes of trying to persuade him to stay in free agency. You, you mentioned everything falling apart with the twin. I mean, with the uh, Timberwolves. I actually compared them. When we did our Timberwolves preview to the 2015 New York Mets, where oh. they finally like broke this. They they made the World Series, and it looked like they're going to be really good. And then the, all the drama came out, and everything fell apart. And I was like, I think that the Timberwolves are going to end up being the Mets. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a big big argument for that, just because they're they're set up now where. It's going to be really hard to uh, pay for pay for upgrades, given that they've already committed money to guys like Jeff Teague and Gorgie Dang. Uh, they've already committed to Andrew Wiggins, obviously, which is a big deal. And their two most important pieces, Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler, they haven't actually signed yet to their set, to their next deals. So if if those guys continue to remain unsigned, then I will continue to be cautiously optimistic that there may be some change there so talking about the nuggets again here and you know we've sang their praises obviously throughout the show so far you know a lot of debate right now a lot of people are looking at the way too early playoff brackets and um obviously espn releases the one where the lakers don't make it and you've said that you don't feel the lakers are going to make it on twitter which is totally cool i totally get where you're coming from um but i'm really looking more at how good Utah's going to be. How good Oklahoma City's going to be with the moves they made. And how good Denver is with not only having their core group together, but making the right moves to add to their core group. And San Antonio losing Kawhi Leonard and what that's going to be like. Because they won a lot of games without him last year, and DeRozan's actually healthy. So, take it, you know, DeRozan's a very controversial, love-or-hate kind of player. Sure. Where do the Denver Nuggets fit in the Western Conference right now? My feeling is that they are not in the top four. However, and I, we've seen a lot of releases on Twitter, whether it's uh, advanced metrics or predictions, where Denver's either either in the top four or out of the playoffs. So I think there's a lot of variance there, for because it just it just is what it is. When you have teams like Utah, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, as you mentioned, uh, New Orleans, and uh, just a lot of a lot of variety 
Portland's in there. Obviously, Los Angeles is in there. Uh, it, there's there's going to be a lot of intrigue in terms of who finishes where. Uh, I could see Denver finishing anywhere from three to ten. Personally, uh, it's it's that much variance given what could work in Denver. Uh, whether the offense is in fact a top three offense, like I think they will be. Or whether they're a little bit worse, or if Jokic gets hurt, or if the defense remains awful. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for Denver to struggle. So my guess right now is that they finish around 6th. My guess is probably around 48, 49, 50 wins. But you could sell me any other way. I think the, uh, the odds came out today or yesterday that that they were a 47 and a half over under team. So I think I would go slight. I would bet the over on that. Yeah, I, th- I think I would bet the slight over. But if if you said if you said that they won 46 games again, I wouldn't I wouldn't be completely against that just because we don't know exactly what Isaiah Thomas is going to be. We don't know how Will Barton's going to fit into the starting lineup or if if he can continue to be a stout offensive player complementing those other guys. We assume that they have some internal development that's that's going to go positively, but if that doesn't happen, then there could be a lot of issues. So I understand the other side of the argument, but I do think that they will win in between 48 to 51 games. So I think Portland and New Orleans are the teams that drop out. I think the Lakers and the Nuggets make the playoffs this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think one of the reasons why I'm a little bit lower on New Orleans is I just... I think that Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday are going to get hurt. They played so many minutes last year that it's it's really hard to believe that they're going to stay healthy for the same amount of minutes again. And that Anthony Davis playing more center is going to be just as good, if not better, than he was. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I do agree with that on Portland. I think that... but But you can make an argument, obviously, for... Any of, I think, San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, or Los Angeles, in my opinion, to drop out. You can, for sure. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, the like you said, the West is so close with how much talent is over there. And the talent just got more talented. So it is hard to really say um, who's going to go in, who's going to go out. Um, kind of looking at also, oh, I did want to touch on this real quick. So the Nuggets, obviously, for some reason as Nike goes into year two, decide to get another new color scheme after they had a decently different one last year. So this year they go a little bit more dark red. You know, it's something. It has a little Cleveland Cavalier to it. I'm not sure if I love that or not, Ryan. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> what do you take on the new unis this year? Uh, I actually like it personally because I, I think that the, the the color that they are describing it as is as flat irons red which makes sense because Ooh. there are the, the flat iron rocks, the flat iron mountains in Colorado. And, and you can totally, you can totally get it from that perspective. But a lot of the, the hate last year came that they, they looked like the Indiana Pacers, uh, which I totally understand because their, their Navy yeah, blue uniforms were, were near identical, honestly. So I'm glad that they did a rebrand. I actually knew that that was going to happen last year. Uh, just given, where they were as a franchise, and uh, I think it's 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 really interesting that you bring that up too, because every time the Nuggets have rebranded, they've made the playoffs the following year, 
they rebranded oh. the uh, uh, during the 1994 season. They changed to their burgundy uniforms, and that's when mm-hmm. they actually beat the Seattle Supersonics as the eight seed, beating the one seed. In 2004, they changed to their powder blue uniforms, and that was the the rookie season with Carmelo Anthony. And they made the playoffs that year for the first time in like uh, six, seven years. So it's it's really interesting to to see the timing of this as as kind of a full rebrand, changing the color scheme, just making things a little bit different. And and I kind of like it because it really does kind of symbolize a new era. Uh, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, kind of the faces of that. So I kind of like it. It's it feels not not just necessarily with the color scheme but just kind of overall as a as a new fresh step for the organization I think it's a good move. Okay, I, I could recover from there for sure. Um uh, curious actually your thoughts on Carmelo now that he is going to be a Houston Rocket and just did you think We'd ever get to the point where we talked about Carmelo playing for three teams in three years. I, I honestly could never say in his time in Denver when he was tearing it up, I ever thought we would be in this place. Yeah, it's it's really honestly been a fall from grace for him. Uh, too bad because he, he had a really good situation in Denver and, and decided to leave it high and dry. For sure. Uh, like with Chauncey Billups and, and Nene and Kenyon Martin and, and George Carl kind of Binding everything together, it was it was a good team. Uh, so too bad that 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 didn't last. But he had different priorities, and you got to respect that. So, but given his fallout in New York, and given the fallout now in Oklahoma City, and he briefly went to Atlanta for a little bit, I guess. But but that that <laughs> uh, that stint won't be talked about nearly as much as it should be, in my opinion. Uh, Houston is going to be an interesting team next year. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were just because you talk about I don't either. players and role players that fit around your star talent. And I just don't think that Melo fits that mold. I think he's more of a star type that is trying to be moved into a role player role. And I just don't think he he's mentally wired to fit that. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Houston does. I, I don't really think that it's going to be a lot i don't either i think that i think they still finish in the top three in the west but i just have this feeling that their window was last year their window was that game six that if chris paul's not hurt that's that was it now that that's out i think that you know that window is closed and i i you know with how much better the west got not that I don't think Houston's going to be a good team by any means. I just I don't I don't see it. I don't see how they can do that again. Yeah, it's it's it really is too bad. Uh, my guess is that Chris Paul shows his age a little bit more, just because like you see in the playoffs that he's breaking down a little bit, just trying to hang with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and and Kevin Durant and all of those yeah. guys, while also trying to create offense at an elite level. Like it's it's hard to see how he holds up on that usage load. Uh, James Harden certainly can, but we've also seen him break down in the past. Uh, so he's he's hitting his age 29 season. I think that he should be at his best. Uh, so if there is a time for them to be great, I think it is this year. But uh, beyond that, I, just, I personally believe that Trevor Ariza was a much better fit in Houston than Melo. 
uh, because I don't think they needed another creator. I think they had three good ones in uh, Paul Harden and Eric Gordon off the bench, and that's really all you need, in my opinion, if you're going to play the system that they're playing. For the record, Chris Paul won James Harden the MVP this year. Let's just go ahead and put that oh, out yeah. there. No, I, I fully agree with that. Yeah, for sure. So, Ryan, let's go ahead here, man. Um, let's get it. We've been doing this. Alex isn't working with us anymore. We're going to pay homage to our dear friend when we say, for every team preview, your bold prediction for the Denver Nuggets this year is... Oh, man. Ooh, I've, I've come with some heat in the last few years, so this one actually this one really needs to be bold. Uh, I don't think Nikola Jokic making an all-star appearance is that bold, but... I don't uh, either. Because I, I think that a lot of people actually expect that from him. So my bold prediction is that Denver wins 50 games and then advances to the second round of the playoffs. I like it. I like it. I am all for that, honestly. I I, want to see that myself. So talking about this too, you had mentioned um, in in pre-recording, you're on Denver Stiffs. You had a certain article you had to advertise. So Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us what we're looking into for this article. Yeah, absolutely. This one is a uh, this one I spent a lot of time on not not just not just writing it, but really crafting the formula that goes into it. I wrote a a top fifty most valuable point guards article from this past year, and it it was interesting to do it because I I really wanted to ex- like. Everybody talks about the best point guards or the best players or whatever, and, and who's who's the best right now, and and that's fine, I get it. But my goal was to write about who was the most valuable to their teams, and it was interesting. I came out to the fact that Damian Lillard was the most valuable point guard last year, uh, given that not only wow, it was it's it's interesting because not only did Chris Paul and Steph Curry come in at second and third respectively, but the primary reason for that was because Damian Lillard just played so much more than both of those guys. Lillard played, I think, 2,800 minutes, and and Curry, including playoffs and including a championship run, played 700 minutes less than he did. So you talk about just being on the floor and and being a factor and, and whether exchanging Damian Lillard for the year would hurt or help guys... Or hurt or help Golden State. I think everybody agrees that Stephen Curry is probably the best point guard in the game, but given that he sat out so much time and given that he was injured, I can I think I can make the assertion that Damian Lillard was the best point guard or most valuable point guard this past year. And it's one of the reasons why he won first team all NBA in my opinion, because he was just on the floor, he meant so much to the Portland Trailblazers throughout this year, and I think a lot of the assertions in the article are pretty interesting and it's entirely formula based like i didn't it wasn't really in my opinion i just kind of plugged in what i thought was valuable so i i invite everybody to read it i think it's i think it's really interesting uh everybody can have their own take this just happens to be mine nice i like it i got to read this for sure so right before we do close up shop um, as always, we always enjoy your time and appreciate you coming on and talking the Nuggets with us every year. Uh, go ahead and give your take real quick. Tell us where the world can find you, find your articles, and also find you on the social media world. Yeah, absolutely. Currently, I write for 
SB Nation platforms, Denver Stiffs. Uh, that's the Denver Nuggets website on SB Nation. Uh, lots of great content on there right now. Lots of interesting, different things. Uh, I write for them primarily and, and occasionally appear on some podcasts for not just the 48-Minute Network, but for others, including the Pickaxe Podcast and Locked On Nuggets that are hosted by two Stiffs guys. So lots of fun there. My social media, the, the main one is Twitter. You can follow me at NBA Blackburn. Uh, it's a very standard social media tag, which I hope would get a lot more traction than at Ryan Blackburn 9, but my new one is uh, is at NBA Blackburn. So if, you, if you're looking for very opinionated content and, and statistically based content, then I, I can be your guy. Awesome. I love it. Well, Ryan, always a pleasure, man. Love doing this every year with you. Um, so we're going to go and wrap up this edition of 48 Minutes Denver Nuggets Team Preview. Thank you as always to Ryan for tuning in, for coming in and joining us. Be sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Alexa, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and 48MinutesNetwork.com where you can catch all of our articles and all of our podcasts from the past. So on behalf of Ryan, this is Tim Daniel signing off. Everyone take it easy. Thanks, Tim.